Agent Grace, can you hear me? Yes, Agent Mikey, I'm here. Is this line secure? Is this line secure? I have no idea, to be quite honest with you. It's fine, it doesn't matter. But I have the mole here from the 2014 Annie movie. She was undercover and she's here now <laughs> to tell us everything we need to know. Person X, do you want us to disguise your voice or do you feel comfortable talking? <laughs> Person X. <laughs> I feel like enough time has gone by since the release of aforementioned Annie movie mm -hmm. that I'm ready. Wow, I'm ready. she's brave. The time has come. The stories must be told. Okay, we have Laura Hayhurst Compton here. <laughs> She's an actress, singer, dancer, and friend. And she and also... that one's the most important. That's the most important. <laughs> friend. And she also worked on the set of the 2014 Annie. So, Laura, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and yeah. how, what you did on the movie. Like, tell us everything. Okay, awesome. So, hi, I'm, I am Laura Hayhurst. So, apart from being an actor and a singer and a dancer, I am... And a friend. An, and a friend, most importantly. <laughs> I am an animal handler. I am a handler for Bill Berloni Theatrical Animals, who if you've ever seen a show on Broadway or on a national tour or often in a regional house, he's the one who provides the animals. He got his start on the original Annie in the 70s. Like that was how he mm -hmm. began. That's amazing. Sweet Bill was like a wee babe. He was like a 20 year old at Goodspeed Opera House and he really wanted his equity card. And the producer was like, I'll give you your equity card if you find a dog and train it to be Sandy in wow. the original Annie. And he was like, that sounds great. So he did the only thing he knew how to do and he went to a shelter and adopted a dog and like trained this rescue dog to be the original Sandy. So he was like, I don't want to be an actor anymore. I don't want to be an equity anymore. I'm just going to spend my life training animals for Broadway and film and TV. So cool. I got involved with him doing Legally Blonde because he did the Chihuahuas and Bulldog for Legally Blonde. And we did the Annie movie. So originally, I was only roped into the Annie movie as part of Team Sandy. And then I ended up having to be in it, too, which was really exciting. And we took a screenshot of yes. the scenes Laura is in. We're going to put it on Instagram. <laughs> Don't worry. Like, as you fucking should. My roots were so bad. Too. Like, I look back at those photos and I was like, gal, you were in your first feature film. Like, you couldn't have gotten your roots done before. You were busy. I was busy. I didn't know. Times is hard. And as we go through, she's going to be giving us little stories and little tidbits from the film. Please. It's going to be great. Okay, so should we jump into Annie? We should. Are we doing special facts for 2014? Oh, that's just what I was getting to. Because we can't talk about 2014's Annie until we talk about 2014. Yeah, like, did you watch the movie and be like, <laughs> what a pure time? Yeah. Listen to these facts that all happened in 2014. Gay marriage became legal in 18 U.S. states. Uh. Laverne Cox, first transgender woman nominated for an Emmy. Go off. The Pope surprised everyone with liberal comments on a, on gay rights. I don't know which Pope. I didn't write it down. Pope Francis. He's still the Pope. It's same one. Yeah. yeah same one. Michael Sam, first openly gay NFL player. All in 2014. What a gay year. What a great year. Things were looking up. Yeah. Like, because that's really crazy. 18 states and that was only six years ago. Yeah. It's like, yay that happened, but also like, I can't believe it just happened then. Right. It's so amazing that people are still like, homophobia isn't real. You have equal rights. It's like, we got them yesterday, bitch. Right. right. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> More 
Not more importantly, I can't say that. But <laughs> <laughs> the next one is Taco Bell introduced breakfast. I almost said more importantly more than the gay rights is Taco right. Bell getting oh breakfast. <laughs> I've never had breakfast at Taco Bell. I've never had breakfast at I Taco Bell. But what's your go-to Taco Bell order right now, Crunchwrap Supreme? Oh my God, same. It's like tacos are messy, but they wrap it up. You know, this is the second episode in a row we've talked about Taco Bell. I hope we talk about Taco Bell every episode. I hope it never stops. <laughs> Maybe they can sponsor you. Like, yeah. this is great. That's my dream. I mean, what do they, they used to have that, that dog. Right? He's gone. They don't use a dog anymore, do they? Oh, you would know. Oh, the Chihuahua. You know the history of the Chihuahua. Yeah, we did oh, not yeah. provide we did not provide the Taco Bell Chihuahua. <laughs> you think she worked with every dog? Ever. <laughs> you would know, she said. But I do know a lot about Chihuahuas. I do. My forays. And I believed it. I looked at you too after she said that. Like she's the expert. <laughs> yeah, Chihuahuas are dicks because they like they think they're alphas. This is another story for another podcast but like remember when bill did the crucible um probably a couple years ago so a chihuahua on that and they wanted a wolf Ooh. well they wanted a wolf a wolf evo van hove was chihuahua like in that <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorzy wrote sorzy ronan was like i will only do this if i can have my chihuahua <laughs> I was so confused. But like, Evo Van Hove was like, I'm just making him Dracula in my head. Like, I don't <laughs> think he's probably actually Dracula. But he was like, I want a poof in the show. And they were like, that's illegal, Evo. You can't have a wolf on stage. And so he called Bill and was like, I want a wolf on stage. And there's this one breed of dog that's particularly in the Pacific Northwest that looks like a fucking wolf. And but it's a dog. Him. And Bill like really didn't want to do the job it was a really hard cue so he gave the producers this fully overblown estimate thinking they'd be like ew bye and they were like ew bye but okay. then Evo Van Hove was like no I won't do he it without the wolf. wolf he needed it so they had to fucking pay it so Bill anyway I will get back to the chihuahua Bill <laughs> um, adopted this wolf dog that <laughs> literally looks like a fucking wolf and the chihuahua would be hanging out with us backstage because this main chihuahua Chico the original legally blonde dog kind of went wherever Bill went. Like, he was the alpha. And this fucking wolf would, like, bow down to the <gasps> chihuahua. Like, we would walk in the dressing room, find them sleeping together. <gasps> and you can always tell who's the alpha because their paw will be on top. Oh. If there's any sort of snuggling like you're sleeping, the alpha always has paws on top. And this tiny little chihuahua paw would be on this, like, fucking wolf dog. <laughs> that is such a mood, though. Can we all inhabit this vibe of this chihuahua? Right? Yeah. I love it. I don't care if I'm tiny. I'm the alpha -ba. I'm the alpha <laughs> The alphabet! <laughs> 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 Anyway. So wait, he got this wolf, but it, then he has to train the wolf. Dog. It was wolf. a dog, yeah. And so yeah, he had to train it. There was enough time before the opening? I mean, they made it work, but yeah, usually it takes like a year. Holy shit. They only use rescues, right? So they all have baggage, as we all do. Well, they're actors. It makes sense. Exactly. <laughs> they become like normal in about six months. This is actually will be relevant to the story of how they chose the dog that was Sandy in the 2014 anime. Oh, yay. And then it usually takes like another six months on top of that to get them to do the shit they need to do. They didn't have a lot of time and the queue was complicated. The wolf had to like come through one door. They wanted him to like sniff the ground so they like hid baloney on the stage and stuff. And then they wanted him to like take to the audience and stare them down. I won't give all the secrets away but there were three handlers involved and one was in the back of the house with like a very 
very special treat. Wow. To get it to like turn to the audience and stare it down. I mean, if a chihuahua runs in the audience, it's cute. But if a dog that could be a wolf runs yeah, into the audience, yeah, like the first like, few rows were always so freaked out. Wait, that's so fucking cool though. I love when you're in a theater and you're scared because I feel like that's a hard thing. Not yeah. like that came out wrong. <laughs> like I don't want anything dangerous <laughs> to happen to anyone in a theater. But I love like being spooked by a show. I'm so sad I've never seen uh, what's the one that became a Daniel Radcliffe movie? Lady and Lady of Oh, the Lady in White. Is that it? Lady in White. Lady Isn't in Black. It? Lady in Black. Lady woman in Black. The Woman in Black. We got this. <laughs> I was gonna say Equus. The Lady in Red. <laughs> like really danced around it for a good five minutes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We got there. I've heard it's terrifying. I would love like a horror movie on stage. That's yeah. cool. So like a wolf, I'd shit my pants, man. <laughs> Back to 2014, the CIA joined Twitter and their, <laughs> their first tweet was, we can neither confirm or deny that this is our first tweet. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> that's wow. cute. I love a little CIA uh, humor. They had a cute little intern doing yeah. that. Yes. Okay, also in 2014, a hedge fund shocked the world when it revealed that Olive Garden does not salt its pasta water. Wait, who did this? A hedge fund? A hedge fund? What does that mean? A hedge fund? <laughs> yeah, what's a hedge fund? A hedge fund? I just copied them. <laughs> It's like money, people. I guess they figured it out. But like, why would a hedge fund have vested interest in whether the Olive Garden salts its pasta water? Why does it, it matter? Unless they're trying to like short right. the Olive Garden stock. Like GameStop. <laughs> I love Olive Garden. I mean, I know it's not real Italian, but I love it. I'm a sucker for a chain though. I don't know if I ever eat as much anywhere else as I do at an Olive Garden. Because those breadsticks, you can't say no to those breadsticks. And that salad too, that the dressing. Salad. This is good. The salad is so good. So good. Yeah. Last fact about 2014, I want to make sure I got them all. Recreational marijuana use was legalized in four <gasps> states and Washington, D.C. Woo! Where would we be without 2014? That was the CIA's second tweet. Yeah. Yes, bitches! <laughs> yeah. Light it up! <laughs> So that's it. That's everything you need to know about 2014. We're ready to talk about Annie. That's it. I have to be very honest with our listeners. This is the only thing so far that we've covered that you can't watch via a streaming service of some sort. This is one you're going to have to rent or buy, but so worth it. It's worth it. So the movie starts with a typical looking Annie with the red mm -hmm. hair and the freckles. But then that girl sits down. We get introduced to this badass little girl who has the most amazing resume I've ever fucking seen. Quavengene? Quavengene Wallace, who was the youngest Academy Award nominee ever. She was nine years old. She is still the only person to be nominated for an Academy Award who was born in the 21st century. That is crazy. Wow. But she is so cute. She is heartwarming. Like, she pulls you face. right in. Like, I was invested. All the kids run out. Vacation time. And we get this cool Annie Medley while she's running through New York City. It was enough to bring a tear to my eye to see all those people out and about, no face masks in sight. And if you clock it, my husband informed me of this because he's directed Annie a few times and is more intimately acquainted with the overture than I am. The sequence of that opening while she's running is the overture, just like jazzed up. That's so great. Yeah, it's all the same. Have we discussed that Sia did all the new music for this? No! Remember when they're in the shelter mm -hmm. and they adopted all and she, like that blonde person, like that's Sia. Oh, there's a lot of 
crazy cameos in this. Yes. Insane. So, okay, I have a question about the backstory because I kind of blanked out a little sure. bit. Sure. Her parents ate at this Italian restaurant and then left her there. That does not cross-check with the musical. Yeah. So, yeah, this is new information. So she goes to the restaurant every Saturday to see if they'll go back to the place they left their child. Is that yeah. a note where they, like, we'll come back together? At the restaurant. At the restaurant. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll be, leave her here. We'll be back. I don't understand. And it's something like that they'll also get her a cannoli and that's why she goes back on like just Saturdays or just that one day of the week because she says later on this is the only day they sell cannolis which also is a plot fail because mm-hmm. what Italian place only sells cannolis one day of the week yeah like what a terrible business it model. makes no sense like, that's the number one dessert in Italian restaurants yeah. cannoli tiramisu and cannolis did you guys peep that the Italian restaurant is called Domani's though which means tomorrow oh <gasps> that's cute yeah I did it you're so good at picking up weird <laughs> shit like that oh you know what they did drop a lot of easter eggs like mm-hmm. I'm sure you caught that later in the like faux easy street scene the band was called the leaping lizards no, oh I yeah didn't. I didn't good little easter egg wow I feel like this movie one thing that's really successful about it is it references itself a lot it's very campy it embraces that side of musicals but like I'm here to tell you when we were filming it it didn't mean to be campy really it was serious truly the actual thesis of the film was to be honest and heartwarming wow i mean that's lovely and i do think that comes across but through campiness <laughs> yeah you gotta embrace that it's like mama mia like it, it right. doesn't work yeah. in even though it's a film and not the stage like you need to embrace that kind of corniness of it all so we meet jamie fox william stacks that's what i was talking about every so many characters grace is grace annie's annie mm-hmm. hannigan's hannigan why didn't they just keep it war bucks william stacks like stacks of bucks like stacks of money i don't know maybe they felt like daddy Warbucks isn't sexy and jamie fox is sexy so you need to differentiate yeah it would have been weird know. to call him daddy Warbucks. daddy yeah daddy stacks daddy stacks <laughs> that's kind of hot that sounds weird too though yeah i mean i think adding daddy in front of it and also we meet him and he's giving out saxophones on the street phones i thought it was saxophones no they're cell phones oh, oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i wrote down why the hell are you giving out saxophones that's his business he sells cell phones my notes say why the hell is he giving out saxophones <laughs> and under it but where the hell's bundles <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He is Bundles, right? Lou? Yeah, Lou is the Bundles. Why do they call him Bundles? It's his last name. I don't know. Bodega Lou just sounded better than Bodega Bundles. So he has this huge tech company and wants to run for mayor, basically wants to grow his business through being a political figure. Is this like a Bloomberg reference? I think so. Buying his way into things, but at the same time, hating everyone. He's doing charity and he hates every bit of it. He slathers himself in hand sanitizer. He also spits out food a lot. If he eats poor people food, like mashed potatoes. Yeah, there's a lot of Jamie Foxx spit takes of all kinds. I mean, how could you make mashed potatoes bad? Mashed potatoes are mashed potatoes. I never had a bad mashed potato. I've never I had to spit it out like that. And Even put so much in his mouth. Exactly. Yeah. And like, isn't it funny? We were talking about this, like in our 2021 world, mm-hmm. we were talking about like when he pulls out those sanitizers, we're like, uh-huh. Like they make a big joke out of it in the movie but now we're like yes correct and were you guys skeezed when he took that giant spoon of mashed potatoes right out of the vat and just ate it 
Ew. No, no. We that need, was, like, that was bad before. Yeah. Like, what's disgusting. Oh, it's awful. That was also the weirdest scene ever when he's doing that charity work because this, I suppose, homeless man who's like in line to eat it and Stax is like serving them. He says something like, Stax, I bet you've never had mashed potatoes. And it's like, do rich people never eat mashed potatoes? What do you mean? Right. Like you get steak with mashed potatoes. Even if you're in a rich restaurant, fancy restaurant, you get mashed potatoes, right? Yeah. Yeah, they just call it puree. Yes. What do you mean, homeless man? He's never had mashed potatoes. It's the weirdest yeah. line. Have you never sat down with your family and celebrated the great Thanksgiving? Yeah. Hello. Very weird. And should we talk about his posse, which is Grace? The uh, amazing Rose Byrne. I can't not see her putting the almond in her mouth in Bridesmaids. Oh, sure. Or think of that scene when she makes Kristen Wiig do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's yeah, like, yeah. are you hungry? She puts that. <laughs> and then Bobby Cannavale is kind of his, like, pundit assistant. He helps people win elections. He's um, like Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> but way hotter. Wait, actually, Kristen Wiig would have been so good as Hannigan, going back to Kristen Wiig. Yeah. I agree 1000%. Which brings us <laughs> to the weirdest casting ever. So now Annie gets home and we meet Hannigan. But look, okay. Cameron Diaz doesn't do a great job. They set her up because she's just not. She was not set up for success. She's not a Hannigan. Right. And if you had a really fucking funny Hannigan, you don't care if she can sing in that role. Yeah. Right? But they made it more singy where she had to sing more and it, it, it just set her up for failure. It was bad. It was rough. They did her wrong. Because it's also hysterical. The entire film, everyone acts like she's hideous and gross. And she's like this beautiful right. goddess of a woman. She's gorgeous. Like one look in those blue eyes and yeah. you're like, I'll do anything you say. Even the wardrobe isn't frumpy enough. She's just doing like boho burning man. Really. Yeah. Like she's just doing festival chic before that was a thing. Like they could have dressed her up funnier at least. Yeah. They didn't help her at all. And the pop band she says she's a part of is the Everybody Dance Now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she could have been. There's another line that she says she could have been one of Hootie's blowfish. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That music style is so different from each other. It makes no sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the orphans are very cute. Pepper does look 24. Oh, no, she doesn't. Yeah, Pepper's in college. <laughs> 24. And she's like, I'm 13. Yeah. No. She's older. She's just one of those 13-year-olds. No, she drove to set. She drove to set. <laughs> Can you confirm that? <laughs> Looking her up. Annie has the note, of course, from her parents saying that they're going to come back for her. True to the original story with a locket. And then we get maybe. It makes me want to cry forever. Mm. Have you ever seen a man like wistfully sing maybe a grown man? No. It's beautiful. YouTube it. There's tons of options and like half of them are good. What if at the end of this, it was just like a recording of me? Of you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel great about it. Oh my God. Anyway. Yes. Maybe is amazing. It's really cute. They like are in their little fort with the stars a twinkling. Mm-hmm. I was still invested, even though it got a little step in really? time in the you middle were okay. of it. I was still okay with it. Because I'm like, you're taking these classic songs and trying to update them. And I was okay with that mm -hmm. when it's still the songs. You know, overall, I think they did a really good job with the music. There's a few very questionable choices. But overall, I think it's just really lovely. I loved this moment. So from Maybe, we go into Hard Knock Life. This was good. I liked it. It really got to me that during all of Hard Knock Life, they weren't actually cleaning anything. They were just like pushing the children down the hall <laughs> while holding a towel. How clean was it actually? 
eventually when the inspector played by Mike Birbiglia. I did not expect him to pop up. Oh my so god. Good. What a fun cameo. I love his stand-up. I do love when the inspector comes and she says, um, people come for the bathroom, but they stay for the bedroom. Why is she trying to fuck so much? Yeah, why? Hannigan does not sleep with Mike Barbiglia. No. But apparently while Mike Barbiglia is there, she says, I don't want Annie anymore. You're out. And while he's there, the inspector drops this paper that has some information about Annie. And Annie has plans to take it then to, I don't know where she would go. She went to like family, New York family services. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she goes there to try to get more info on her parents, but it's like another dead end for her. But we are introduced to this fabulous Eastern European woman who is quite the standout for me. Quite the standout. And actually, she did a masterclass when we were in college. We know her. No way. What's her name? Steph Kurtzuba. Stephanie Kurtzuba. She is fucking funny in this. She's great. I feel like she understood the tone mm-hmm. where a lot of other people did not. And she does a fierce-ass cartwheel during I, I'm Gonna I Like It I can't believe it. Every moment she was in, she absolutely stole it. And she's in all of I Think I'm Gonna Like It Here. Yeah. And there's no reason for her to be. But you can tell, like, she was just so entertaining. Yeah, director that, Will Gluck was like, can you be in this too? Yeah. Like, you're just funny. And I feel like he probably thought that people could learn from her comedy or, like, learn the tone from mm-hmm. her. So then we have Tomorrow. Oh, it's so lovely. I loved it. I thought it was beautiful. I was... You were still on board at this point. The, okay, I didn't say it, but the first time I was like, oh, I don't know about this was Cameron Diaz's entrance. Okay, cool. <laughs> and then Tomorrow brought me back. Okay. Tomorrow I was like, okay. No one is defined by their worst day. Yeah. We're back on board. Yeah. It was okay. And they okay. put like an updated beat behind it, but I loved it. It didn't bother me. Yeah. It didn't take away from the song or the feeling like... I think it's always good to reimagine that song because mm-hmm. we get so stuck in the original like, will she hit the notes? Will she scream? Yeah. Will she yell? Right. Oh God, it can be screamed. It can be very disturbing. <laughs> so I'm always up for a reimagine of Tomorrow. And then at the end of Tomorrow, we see a dog run by. This is how she ends up meeting Stax because while yes. running after the dog, Stax is going for a walk, sees her, she's running in front of a car and um, he saves her. He saves her. She like trips and he pulls her out of the way. So this is the first time we meet the dog. So the dog's name is Marty. Oh, Marty. Named after Martin Sharnan, who wrote Annie. Oh. When Bill was approached to do the Annie movie, because Bill has done every Annie ever since Annie, the director, Will Gluck, came to him and was like, we want you to do this. Of course, Martin Sharnan was involved, even though Sia wrote all the new music and did all the orchestrations. He was like, he gave his blessing on everything. And he wanted to start from scratch. The director was like, I want a dog that doesn't look like the traditional Sandy dog. As we all know in the comic book, it was like a red pointer almost. And then through Broadway, because of the dog Bill adopted at Goodspeed, it kind of became this like blonde, nondescript, shaggy, wire-haired mutt sort of thing. So cute. So cute with those like sad chocolate eyes. But the director was like, I want a dog that doesn't necessarily look like the Sandy, but kind of had to be Sandy. Although we'll talk about that script edit later. (laughs) Oh my God, who did not get fired for that line in the script? We'll get to that. Bill, he can meet a dog and suss them out and know if they're going to have the temperament to be a performer or not. Because his little MO, because their rescues, is like, we never, ever, ever make an animal do something they don't want to do, ever. Like, he doesn't do the Caesar Milan, like, tss, tss, 
corrections, like all of his training methodology is based on positive reinforcement. So they're only doing things that they want to do because they're excited to be where they are and they love the people they're working with. When we bond actors to dogs, we are creating a real bond because like dogs don't know they're acting. Dogs don't know they're on set. If there's a relationship like with Kvenjane and Marty, Marty thought that was real. And it yeah. was. Like we were all Aww. about building their relationship that they actually loved each other. But anyway, he presented him with like a bunch of options. The director ended up choosing this dog, Marty, who you'll see in the film. Marty is shaved really close in the film, like when we first meet her. And in real life, she's super shaggy and beautiful. And she kind of looks like a chow chow mixed with a golden retriever. Like she is a mutt, but she is good. Gorgeous. Mm. Like, she's beautiful in the movie, but if you guys, like, I did Annie with her and Andrea McArdle as a mannequin <gasps> Get a couple years out. ago. Ugh. It was like Marty's return to the stage. Andrea was Hannigan. It was crazy. Legendary. Legendary. But anyway, Bill started from scratch with this dog, right? Like, we adopted her and started from the beginning with boot camp for this dog. One trick that they were like, she has to be able to spin around and round and round. And Bill was like, why? And they were like, we can't tell you because the script's not done yet, but please train her to spin round and round and round and round. So he trained all the basics, like trained all the behaviors she needed to do, like run away from those boys and not actually be scared and all the things she does in the movie. So that is Marty. She's a very good girl. I love Marty. Yeah, she's great. It's so cool that you know them personally. Yes. (laughs) There's something so sweet about it. You know their temperament and then you're seeing how they perform. Form. That's pretty yeah. magical. You just got me when you were like, those dogs aren't acting. They don't Like, know. they're not pretending they love Annie. They no. really love her. Marty, and that's so like, sweet. Think about all those scenes when Marty's, like, in bed with her. Yeah. Like, she really was like, oh, good, it's time for bed with my best friend. Yeah, Marty like, don't know cut. Oh. Like, Marty's still in it. She doesn't know cut. Oh. She doesn't know, like, pretend. She doesn't know, I had a bad day, but I'm going to fake it. Like, yeah. she just knows love. Oh, I it's love very that. Pure. Here's a question. So, Bill adopts all these dogs, but does Bill actually stay with these dogs all the time? Do they have different owners from Bill then, even though he's adopted them? Like, does he just have 50 dogs? Like, how does that work? The answer is yes and. So he has a farm. He bought it when the original Annie kind of took off, and he has built it out according to USDA guidelines, and he has, like, over 40 dogs. And anything else you'd find on a farm. He has horses and sheep and the geese from the ferryman. Remember the ferryman? Like bunnies, like (laughs) when you go to his farm, it's like a tour of musical theater history. You know, dogs like to live in packs, so they keep them in like little packs. The littles live together, the chihuahuas and the little guys, and then like the big guys and the medium guys, and they have their own little families, and you're like, oh my god, that show. Oh yeah, The Wizard of Oz. Oh my god, A Christmas Story. Like all these shows with animals in them. Wow. So sometimes if it's a very specific dog, he will outsource. He has fingers in so many different pots. He knows so many animals that are well-trained. He can call in a specific favor, like for the show High Maintenance, which is of interest to this particular podcast. (laughs) We did all the dogs on that, but the first three seasons we used dogs that he owns, like dogs that he adopted. But for the last season, they wanted obviously a very obscure dog. They wanted something really unique. A fellow trainer who lived in Florida who had this one-eyed pug. And he was like, what about this guy? He's so cute. Yeah, so cute. So occasionally, Occasionally he will outsource very 
very specific dogs, but Marty was adopted exactly for Annie and trained for the movie. Wow. I love Marty. Marty's great. Annie is saved. And the video of her getting saved goes viral. <gasps> so Daddy Stax is like, let's use her. We'll hang out with this orphan. This is all kind of Bobby Cannavale's idea. What's his character's name? Like, he's playing the sort of rooster role, but that's not his character. I forget. Which is upsetting. Guy Dan Lily. Dan Lily? Is that a Lily nod? Uh That doesn't make up enough for me. If you're not going to have Hannigan be funny, you can't cut the character of Lily. Mm. I was upset about that. Yeah, you know, you're right. Cameron Diaz kind of like absorbed Hannigan and Lily in one. Yeah. The comedy is that Hannigan hates Lily. But this is the movie Bobby Cannavale and Rose Byrne met on. We need to clock like what an important moment. Are they together? Yes. That is hot. They're happily married with a child. You heard it here first. No way. (laughs) You heard it here first. This is where they met, and they started fucking, I guess. Wow. <laughs> okay, Stax and Annie finally start chatting, and they move in together. It's a win-win. You get to live in this gorgeous house, Annie, which is insane, this gorgeous penthouse. And then fucking Stax, people think he's a nice guy. It's perfect. So, like, fun fact, where Daddy Stax's house is was in one of the brand new World Trade Center buildings. Oh. Whoa. And back then, this is 2014, so, like, not all of them were fully done yet. Mm-hmm. The building that they shot all the Daddy Stock stuff in and that like little balcony <laughs> where they do I'm gonna like it here and all that. Mm-hmm. Like that's not green screen. They were really there. But the real elevators weren't quite done. So anytime they had to go to set, they had to take like a construction elevator. Ooh. Up that high. Like I never had to do that because I was not involved with the Sandy scenes. I don't like that. During that time. But the mm-hmm. handlers that were there instead were like, it was the fucking scariest thing I've ever done. I can't Whoa. imagine. But that's like all real. That's beautiful, real real estate that exists at the World Trade Center site. For very bougie one percenters. So bougie. <laughs> okay, this is where it lost me was the, I think I'm going to like it here. I like them taking the classic songs and giving it a new twist. Yeah. But when you just take the lyrics of the song and just make it a completely new song. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do love Annie. I think Annie is great music. Yeah. And there's so much to pull from. So the fact that they had to write these new songs bothered me. This is really where it starts changing the songs. But I do think this is a really fun number, especially thanks to Stephanie Kurtzuba. She fucking kills this. I like that even though Rose Byrne shouldn't be singing or dancing, that she's having fun and being adorable. It's pretty cute. She didn't bother me. I wouldn't say like I want her to listen to a whole album, but she didn't bother me. (laughs) I believed it. I thought she was adorable. I, I, it never crossed. She she never bothered me once. It was charming. Stephanie Gertrude snorkels at one point. Like she's in the pool snorkeling with yeah, Annie. Yeah, yeah. She gets this tone the over the top. It was refreshing because you yeah. were like, oh, someone who gets what's going on here, right, what right, this right, is. Right. Annie and Stax are doing all these photo ops now that they're living together. And there's this weird moment where they're like looking at Katy Perry's tweets and she's tweeting about Annie. It was weird. She's like, who is Annie? Is her tweet or something. Who is this Annie? Yeah. Why do you care, Katy Perry? And why does the movie care about Katy Perry? What does Katy Perry have to do 
this movie. Annie's now famous online. She's like a big sensation. She's like uh, what a TikTok star is now. Like she's a big deal. And then they adopt a dog. So they go to the shelter and the dog that Annie was chasing that got away the other day is randomly in the shelter. Mm. The shelter is manned by Sia. This was like the big day. We brought in like 20 dogs because they had this set and we had to fill every cage with a dog. For that tiny little scene, it's so crazy. And so this is why we find out why Marty was asked to be trained to go like around and around and around and around. Are you ready for this? I hope you're sitting down. I really, you are. (laughs) (laughs) So the line in the script goes like, what are you going to name her? Cut to Marty spinning around and around and around. And Jamie Foxx goes, wow, she's like a hurricane. Covenchene goes, I'm going to name her Sandy. Ew. Like Hurricane Sandy. As a person who grew up on the Jersey Shore, that is a fucked up joke. That's triggering. Like that's not okay. People lost their homes, lives. When was Hurricane Sandy? Like like 2012. Before that? Yeah, like this was two years later. Too soon. I mean, you don't do that. It was too soon to be making Hurricane Sandy jokes. Yeah. In Annie, if you were watching like Family Guy, you're like, all right. Yeah, exactly. Name it a Hurricane Sandy joke. You'd be like, okay, but Annie. They were like, that's it, Sandy. How do we pull that name? Oh, right, right. Wasn't there a hurricane? How about it's just that her hair is sandy colored. Like She loves grease. What did anything. It? Anything else except Hurricane Sandy. We should take her to the beach. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> we just gave you three options. Very awkward. When yeah. that was being filmed, we were like, that made the cut. Okay. <laughs> and that was the moment when Jamie Foxx started talking to dogs and expecting them to answer like humans. <laughs> I like this for him. I hate angry, you say, right? Yeah, he would get so mad at the dogs when they were, like, misbehaved. Like, when they would ruin a cut by barking or something. Or a take by barking. Legitimately mad? Oh, yeah. Legitimately mad. This bitch would... watched too much Scooby-Doo. Yeah. And he's pissed. He would, <laughs> he would speak to them as if they were humans. And get even more mad when they did not respond in spoken word. Because they're dogs. Again, I don't think we can all be defined by our worst days. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there was some reticence on his part. Because, like, maybe he was uncomfortable with his performance. Maybe he didn't. I don't know the answer. Mm -hmm. But I do know that there was uh, some very tense moments with him speaking to the dogs. I don't care who you are. If you're mean to dogs, that ain't it. It was very tenuous. Yeah, that's very fucking weird. Like, he would literally converse with them and be like, (laughs) why are you doing that? (laughs) Why are you barking right now? Like, we're in the middle of a take. Can you just not do that for this next take? (laughs) That's so crazy. Right. That's nuts. But we would love to have him on the show if he's available. Yeah, Jamie yeah, Fox, yeah. if you're listening. <laughs> I did also laugh when he thought Hannigan was a, a prostitute knocking on his window. Yep. And it went on for so long. And then he thought Lou was a prostitute. Yeah. A woman prostitute. And then he referred to her as she. Yeah. Yeah. And then she's like, like me on Facebook. He's like, I don't like you in Harlem. Why would I like you on Facebook? <laughs> Yikes. Some of these lines are really funny. You're like... So lines. No one would say this. Were you as deeply disturbed by that Hurricane Sandy joke as we were? Well, have a drink, have a smoke, and long live the Jersey Shore. Now that Annie is getting internet famous, there's a moment where these young girls are like, Annie, will you take a selfie with us? And then the girls just flip away. Yeah. They're just like, (laughs) thanks, and like flip away. It's so weird. And then the other girl's like, wow, she really likes you. (laughs) It's so crazy. So weird. Annie and Stacks are liking each other. They definitely have a vibe. They're getting on, but I don't think he and she are quite feeling like family yet. She makes him 
him this terrible meal. They bond. And then he takes Annie and her friends to a movie premiere. And the movie is vaguely Twilight-esque. Vaguely mermaid-esque. This whole movie scene is so weird. I would love to watch this. Why do they focus on the movie for so long? We see like five minutes of the film, it feels like. And the movie, of course, stars Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher. And Rihanna. Rihanna is like a demon in it. I was losing it at this point. Rihanna said one line. And then did like a tongue thing, like a devil tongue thing. She had like a- Did you have to handle Rihanna since you did that like snake tongue (laughs) bit? Even though I was not on set for the Rihanna handle. Do you ever work with like scary animals, like snakes and stuff? Yes, actually funny you mentioned that. In You Can't Take It With You, starring Rose Byrne, I was on the show because I was the animal handler and there's kittens in You Can't Take It With You. And like, that was the best job ever. I was so thrilled to be hired. And there is a snake in the show, but it doesn't do anything. It's just referred to. Mm -hmm. Like it's the patriarch's snake in a cage back there. And in this production, the patriarch was played by James Earl Jones. Mm -hmm. And one day in rehearsal, because he's named James Earl Jones, he was like, <laughs> I, I think the snake should be real. And they were like, whatever you want, James Earl Jones. So wow. the next day, Bill was like, how do you feel about snakes? And I was like, snakes and kittens doesn't sound like the best right, right, right. Me. But like whatever Darth Vader wants, Darth Vader gets. Yeah. So all of a sudden, Grace, I was a snake handler. That's cool. You have to feed it? Yes. And I, okay, so here's the thing about snakes. I don't know if you know this, but they poop like once a week. And so I would have to feed the snake after the Sunday matinee with hopes that it would shit before the Tuesday night performance. Mm-hmm. Because like, again, I don't know if you've ever smelled snakes shit. No, what is it like? What's the consistency? Oh, gross. I mean, they eat a mouse and then it travels down their body and when it comes out, like, it's still a little mousey. Ew! So is it, the consistency is, it is mousey? Or is it like a bird shit where it's like... Both. It's actually, there's a lot of bird shit properties, but there's like chunks in it. Wait, where does it come out? They have a little <laughs> slit near their tail. Is it at the bottom? It's a cloaca. Yeah, it's at the bottom of their tail. Yeah. <laughs> and Holy like, shit. Literally. And so I was like, okay, so we had to feed the snake Sunday matinee so that it would hopefully shit before the Tuesday night performance because if it shit on stage while they were doing the show, it's over. like everyone puke. Like it, the smell is so bad. The audience would smell too? The snake shit smells so bad. Oh wow. my God. The snake we used, we had two of them that I would like alternate. This one snake would like just always shit on stage. He had performance anxiety. Right. Yeah. That was probably the weirdest animal I've ever worked with. How did you feed it? I could never feed a snake a live mouse, so I would like go buy already dead frozen mice and thaw them in a bowl of water. Where do you buy dead mice? You can buy at Petco. Ew. Any oh yeah, that makes sense though. Of your Why do you want to know that? I just want to send you some. <laughs> just for funsies. So you'd put in a bowl yep. and put the bowl in there? I would, some dead mice. I would defrost the mouse like in the microwave of the green room oh. of the Long Acre Theater. Where James Earl Jones microwaves his tea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> You're microwaving dead mice. <laughs> yep. Oh, 
before we move on from the movie scene, I was cool with Smile. I dug it. The next song is probably the worst for me. Oh my God, little girls. If I ever meet Sia, this is what I'm going to ask her about. What was the thought process? They take the beginning of little girls and do like a little bit of it. Mm -hmm. And then it goes into like a completely different section that has nothing to do with the beginning part of the song about her wanting to be a pop star pretty much. Right. And how that failed. Right. I don't know. It just seems so weird that this character who's like, I've always wanted to be a star ended up a foster parent to five kids. It makes no sense. That needed to be fleshed out more for me because I was just like, I don't get how she got here. The more we talk about it now and like talk it out, like it's not her fault. It's not her fault. No, it's not at all. This backstory is weird. It's terrible. It It doesn't make sense with the the original Hannigan character. Mm. It's so, it's wacky. It's the best word I can think of. Well, and the thing is with Cameron Diaz as well is she actually slays a performance, like a singing performance. I don't know. It kind of like made me think of when she's in Charlie's Angels and she's doing that whole booty dance for like two, three minutes straight. She can perform a song. She's entertaining and I will watch her dance. She made this not as bad as it could have been, I think. Correct. I can't believe my whole opinion changed. (laughs) Like reading my notes, I just crossed things out. I'm like, I don't feel that way anymore. (laughs) Panagin's feeling intensely about all this right now because Annie is becoming this big star and of course she wants to be a star. Also, next we get a Michael J. Fox cameo. What is this about? He's with the guy who's running for the mayor against Stax and he's endorsing him. And you're just like, how do they even think? Right. To get we should get Michael J. Fox for this. Yeah, of all people. And why was Michael J. Fox like, yeah, I would love to. I love Annie. Yeah, he's like, I was too young for the first Annie movie. I think, <laughs> yeah, I would love to be in this. Absolutely. The Michael J. Fox cameo probably killed me more than any others, but a close second was Pat Kiernan, that fucking New York City anchor. Nobody outside of New York knows who he is. Give me realism. Okay, so then we get Stax takes Annie in his helicopter. Okay, I have so many problems with this. How do they hear each other? You're right, they're not wearing headphones. Yeah, and even when you do have headphones in in a helicopter, it's so staticky and loud and overwhelming, and instead it's silent, and they're having beautiful pitch-perfect duets. What is going on? this is that dramaturgy. (laughs) I don't know, and he's singing this new song about Manhattan. It was like the end of the song. I was like, oh, this is their NYC. Yeah. They definitely could have just kept NYC and revamped it. NYC is a great number. Iconic. It it could have been a huge dance number. Like seeing the city, I mean, part of Experience City is being in the city, not flying over it. The whole scene was very pretty, but for me, this was where I checked out a little bit. And the point NYC comes in the show is like, you need a fast tempo. Yeah. Like we're heading towards intermission. Yeah. So we need to pep it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, And it's just like, oh boy. It was just an excuse to show off his weird placement of cell towers. Remember there was like a cell phone tower inside the Statue of Liberty's crown? Yeah. Is that legal? No. No. How big brothery? And then there was one in like the gargoyle. What did she call it? Like space demon or something? (laughs) Something like that. It is weird how much of this movie, they're openly talking about how they're spying on us with our phones. Yeah. They don't shy away from it. someone who came on who was like, I don't trust phones because they're, was it bundles? It was Lou. Yeah, Yeah, Lou bundles. He says it. Weird thing to throw in. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Speaking of weird things, what the fuck is this scene? Are we going to say the same thing? With this, where Annie, The wig? Okay. Oh, yeah, what the fuck? Where 
Annie walks into the bathroom and Daddy Stax has a wig on a wig head, but it's not like a wig wig. It's like, because Daddy Stax's hair is not shaved, but it's like close cropped. It's really short hair. That's his wig and he's actually bald and Annie walks in. She's like, holy shit. And I need to leave because I don't want him to know I saw him like this. What the fuck was that about? Like my only guesstimate is that they were trying to throw it back to the fact that Daddy Warbucks is always bald. My guess is Jamie Foxx was like, no, I won't be bald in a movie, but like, I'll make it a gag. That was his hair. So, you know, during that scene, he had like a bald cap on. I thought it was going to come back. I thought at the end he was going to take it off and it was going to be like Daddy Warbucks and it would be a callback to that, but it never came back. Solomon watched with me. We were chatting and then we went back to watch it and we watched the scene where he was like, did you walk in there? What did you see? I was like, did she walk in on him like in the bathroom? (laughs) We were so freaking confused. I was like, we got to rewind because this is taking a turn. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was weird. Their encounter after so weird. This movie is really fucking long. I'll be honest. And when you think about how many moments made you like, guys, that could have been cut. Yeah. Brevity is the soul of wit, bitches. Sometimes we need to edit some shit out like that stupid wig moment. Odd choice. They go to this event at the Guggenheim to get a bunch of donors for his mayoral candidacy. Okay, Annie's in the cutest red dress with the biggest bow and she's eating the most delicious looking shrimp cocktail. Oh, it looks so good, right? I would fuck it up. And I did get emotional when she comes out in a red dress and they have Tomorrow playing under it. I got choked up and I needed that after the wig <laughs> moment. Like I needed something like that to pull me back in because I was a little like, what the hell's happening here? Absolutely. This is a funny, weird moment. It's an original song. She's getting up on stage and talking about how Daddy Stax has made her life so great. She starts singing. The orchestra joins her and sings along with her. <laughs> yeah. This is the weirdest. Was... <laughs> At the end of the song, she can't read the teleprompter. We find out that's where the school doesn't teach her how to read. And she runs out and then Rooster, what's his name? Bobby Cannavale. He does a thing where he tries to sing the song that she sang about him running for mayor. It wasn't funny. It was like, oh, you made this man do this bit. It's awkward. Like, he hated it. We hated it. They lost me. And then it's really fucking sad because she feels like she's fucked all this shit up because she can't read and she didn't help him in his mayoral bid that now she's not as important to him but that's not really what's happening because they're starting to bond so much but she's not used to that so there is like a sweet moment of like oh Annie and like mm. she packs her bags the next day she's like I'm leaving yeah. also Hannigan is playing Twister by herself <laughs> <laughs> I loved that I was like this is so stupid then I was like but you know what sometimes when you're drunk or high you do stuff and you're like oh that would be fun to do right now I bought into it a little <laughs> I'm right there with you there's this moment earlier on on where Annie asks Stax's driver, who's the guy who plays Mr. Echo in Lost, she asks him for help to find her parents, thinking that they can use the information from the cell towers since Stax owns like a cell phone company. They look, but it's a dead end. This driver character tells Guy, the Bobby Cannavale character, and then this kind of lights the spark in his head that, oh, if I find Annie's parents or someone to play Annie's parents, 
I can make this look like a cute photo op. I can get her out of the picture and I can get stacks elected and then I will get tons of money. That's it. So he goes to Miss Hannigan who is playing Twister by herself <laughs> and entices her and we get this weird version of Easy Street. They go to this like, bar pub that would never exist in Manhattan. Like no pub in Manhattan has that kind of real estate space. I've never seen that ever. It's but, like Miami. Yeah, like. yeah, you're right. It has a very Miami vibe. Yeah. And they do this like modified easy street. Not good. I mean, when they get to the choruses, I'm happy that it's the original because I just love that. And they do dance a lot, which I appreciate, but it's strange. I put down more like hard street. I thought that was so funny when I was high last night. <laughs> 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 His idea is if he unites Annie with her parents, Stax will win. He'll pay off Miss Hannigan. They'll hire these actors to play her parents because Miss Hannigan tells him that Annie's parents are nowhere to be found, truly. So they have auditions. <laughs> I love these auditions. The auditions are great, especially when Bobby Cannavale walks by the white, white couple and he's like, that's an interesting choice. Yeah. <laughs> But also the children would never help in the audition process no. to, to trick Annie's parents. And they're like running, they're the monitors. Yeah, they were the monitors. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, what's going on? <laughs> the monitors will do anything if they think something's in it for them. So maybe. But like there's a Broadway cameo, the couple that we meet singing that gets booted. Mm -hmm. The gentleman is the Gator, original Gator from Henry. Memphis. Oh. And the woman is very famous as well. I've seen her, but I can't place her, but she's funny as shit. And they sing this weird version of Tomorrow that's so funny. Mm -hmm. That was a standout moment for me. That I was laughing my ass off. Yes. I wanted more of them. I wanted right. them to get hired. So because yeah. that's what we needed. Yeah. We needed those funny characters who were over the top. A hundred percent. But they get fired and they end up going with Joanne from the Rent movie. Tracy Toms. Who isn't funny. They wind up taking two people who aren't funny to right. play the parents and go a more realistic route. Right, right, right. I kind of hated seeing Tracy Toms in this light. I know. She's an angel. These people suck. They're actors who are just kind of taking a job. But the idea is that they take Annie. They're like, oh, hey, we're your parents. We live in New Jersey, but we're moving to Brazil. And the moment we pick you up, we're going straight to the airport. Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. what? <laughs> no red flags. Steph Gertzuba is cool with it. Wait, Steph Gertzuba also has a bit where she keeps stealing things in her purse. <laughs> Did you guys pick up <laughs> on that? She like takes things from Daddy Warbucks. And at the restaurant, she takes the bread bowl and throws it in her yes. purse at the end of that scene. That's just brilliant. And you know that was all Yeah, no one, that was, that was never. Definitely not script. in the script. Ever. So good. We're approaching the big scene. Like, instead of the cabinet scene, we're gifted with this, like, helicopter extravaganza. And everyone's in the helicopter. Did you guys watch The Undoing? Oh my god, I loved it. This helicopter chase is like the end of Undoing, You're when right. they're in the helicopter and the bridge. That's so true. This is crazy, though. We have the weirdest change of conscience ever, because Miss Hannigan has this moment of feeling like, what the fuck did I do? I did the wrong thing. I have to make this right. And there's this song that happens as well when they're all like sad that Annie's leaving and Annie sings in it, Daddy Stack sings in it because they're all dealing with this crisis. But Miss Hannigan's is the weirdest. It's like that song in Little Mermaid where they yeah. all come out and say like the if only song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She brings in Bodega Lou and <laughs> the two of them and all the orphans, foster kids, all run to Daddy Stacks to be like, oh my God, Miss Hannigan fucked up. 
and they try to make things right. And Bobby Cannavale is like, don't listen to her. She's crazy. And then Rose Byrne punches him in the face. That's hot. And that's probably the moment they fell in love. That was it. That's what's going on when they have sex. And they joke in the movie about when you are attracted to someone, like you punch them. Uh-huh. And they probably oh, really yeah. felt that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like 27-year-old Pepper, after Rose Byrne <laughs> punches him, goes, that doesn't mean she likes you. Yeah. yeah. But like, we all know it does. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's she a baby him. to prove it. And that girl was the maid of honor at their wedding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> She was far too old to be the flower girl. Exactly. Stax and all of these other characters are in the helicopter chasing down Annie in a car with her two fake parents because now they know they're not her real parents. But Annie also catches on so quickly that they're not her parents. Well, because she asks questions like, do you collect ashtrays and art? (laughs) Like she literally recites the lyrics from maybe. (laughs) And when they do not respond appropriately. Yeah, she's like, so what do you guys do? Do you collect ashtrays? Art, do you like sew your own clothes? Like she literally does a dramatic reciting poetry slam of maybe. And when they don't respond appropriately, she's like, you're not my parents. That's how you know. Also, what was the plan? She was like, where are you taking me? Like you're going away for a little while. Like were they going to kill her? Like what were they going to do? Yeah, that's like the high stakes moment where roosters like, when the rooster wants someone to disappear and then Lily goes, they disappear. But yeah, wow. this time it kind of felt like they were going to like the Homewood Suites or something for a little <laughs> while. There was a moment where they mentioned that the plan was to take Annie out of the country or out of the state for a while. I can't remember which one. And then once the election was over, they were going to dump her back in the system. Can you just do that? Can you just be like, oh, I just adopted my daughter back, but I actually don't like her. Here you go. Like, It's actually not my daughter. I made a mistake. I guess you can. Of course you can. But it just seems so strange. Or I mean, maybe you could be like, I love lied she's not my daughter then you'd be in trouble steph kurzuba would come for you right yes she would and then she'd steal your ashtrays yes (laughs) and art they're in this helicopter all the little girls are using social media to find her they're Mm -hmm. like instagram's annie obsessed group says that she's on 56th street and 10th her level of internet fame is unbelievable i feel like she's more famous than any influencer okay so this scene was the longest shoot and it was actually the scene i was the most involved with because sandy's in the car with her right oh we were at liberty state park we actually filmed at liberty state park so they had to like lock all that down and then you're dealing with helicopters stunt cars actors, extras, like it was so high stakes. So we were so worried about the dog's performance for all of it because like if you have to cut for the dog, that involves like an hour of reset. Mm. The helicopters have to go away. They have to re-sweep up all the shit the helicopters blew away. Everyone, the cassette cars have to go back. Like it was crazy. It was also so fucking cold that day. You guys, like, and we were all outside. So when you're watching that scene, at the end when they sing Together at Together Last. Together at Last. Mm-hmm. You guys have to know it was so fucking cold that day and we were at Liberty State Park on the water. Oh, get I, that breeze I up the water. I have never been that cold in my entire life. So watching them be all happy and like cheery in their little pea coats, like Rose mm-hmm. Byrne in her tiny little pea coat <laughs> with no body fat, I don't know how she did it. But like here's a sneaky story. So we were so worried about the dog fucking up. Not because he was a poorly trained dog, but just like you had a dog in Liberty 
State Park. Like, what if a squirrel walked by? You yeah, know, you so can't much. control that. And Cameron Diaz was a total angel. If you watch the playback, Cameron Diaz has the dog for most of it. Because when Annie leaps out of the car, God love her, this was not Quivenjani's choice. When Annie leaves the car after she bolts from the parents, she leaves the dog in the car. <laughs> Fuck you, Sandy. She's like, bye, Sandy. <laughs> and then the dog just like appears. And Cameron Diaz was such an angel. And she was like, I got the dog. Oh. Like, so if you watch the play, like she has the leash the whole time. And like, she's in charge of the dog. And she was so good with her. That's so cute. She was the nicest human. The entire shoot. One take we did of the helicopter scene when they all get out of the helicopter. She had on those gorgeous shoes that she's wearing. And she fucking face planted oh, no. out of the helicopter. And she, like the true pro she is, just stood up and was laughing. And had all of us laughing and like joked about it. Oh. And they just like reset and did it again. She oh was such God. a champ. You guys, I'm feeling a little happy right now. And I just want to apologize on the record to Cameron Diaz about <laughs> my, my notes earlier. And some of the things I said, I was too hard on her. I feel like an asshole. It wasn't her fault. It wasn't her no, fault. No, it wasn't. I mean, like, she came to work. She did her job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think she has some funny moments. Yes. But anyway, we were so worried the dog would mess up this really, really intricate shoot. And what would be the worst way a dog could mess up a shoot? Poop. Poop. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what if a dog pooped? So you guys, here's a little known fact. If you really need your dog to poop before, like, a really difficult shot or a long car trip, there's a way to make your dog poop. This is trade secrets. And I will never forget watching Broadway Tony Award winner Bill Berloni making this happen so that we could be certain that sweet Angel Marty would not have to poop during the shoot. What do you do? Okay, so if you take a match and you light it, not by the dog, dogs are Mm -hmm. flammable, you light a match and then you blow it out and you hold the match near the dog's butthole. The sulfur (laughs) from the extinguished match causes their sphincters to release and they will feel the urge to poop and poop. If they have something in there, like if there's poop to be had. What happens if they're near like a natural sulfuric environment, like a a geyser? (laughs) They're probably shitting all over that geyser. I thought actually it was going to be worse. I was picturing gloves and like pressing glands and shit. Like just like, are you afraid of the dark? Blow out the mask. Wow. (laughs) All those kids were taking shit. Is it work for humans? I'll try it tonight. Yeah, I'll... I'll do matches. Let's She's go. She's got matches. <laughs> <laughs> So you guys, like, that's what we would do. Our dogs, they're so well taken care of. And they it just takes time for them to know and trust, like, yes, you will be given adequate chances to pee and poop every moment. Like, yes. But in the beginning, like, we want to make sure they know to trust that. And, like, God forbid we cost the production a million dollars because they have to reset the helicopters because of the dog pooping on screen. Oh, my God. So that's the trick, you guys. And that's what we would do. That is not what I expected. Really? Yeah. You thought it was going to be, like, like up the like Laura Dern in Jurassic Park. Oh yeah, my yeah, god. Yeah. <laughs> wow, you are like her. You were kind of the Laura Dern of... of, of <gasps> the Laura Dern of Annie? Yeah. That's fucking cool. Who doesn't want to be Laura Dern? I'm honored. So that scene was like so crazy and it was so cold and it took so long, but like it was a lot of moving parts and pieces. There was a lot of helicopter in the movie too. Yeah, for real. A lot of helicopter scenes. Like they bought that helicopter and they used this it. This movie right. had a huge budget. It had to have. I mean, it was produced by Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith and Jay-Z. And Jay-Z. And Jay-Z. There was money involved. They said, how many helicopters can we have? The limit does not exist. 
I am sure at this very moment you are all lighting a match and putting it near your butt to see if it makes you poop, but I feel like it would help if you were more relaxed. Have a smoke and let the magic happen. You guys, like if I can stand on my soapbox for two seconds. Please. So animal advocacy is my platform. I just want to say all of you who are like thinking about getting pets right now, wait until April because so many dipshits bought dogs and cats during this pandemic because we've all been alone. We're all looking for companionship. Mm -hmm. There were plenty of dogs to adopt. People adopted them as well. But once everyone goes back to work in like April, they're going to realize that this is a forever commitment and people aren't up for that. They're gonna give it back. And they're gonna dump them in shelters. Oh, so like you guys, so I promise sad. you there's gonna be a huge influx of animals in the shelters around April and May. So if you're in the market for a forever friend, like hang on, you can probably get your pedigree golden doodle or whatever the fuck. So do yourself and these animals a favor. If you were like in the market for a new animal, just wait till the spring because there's gonna be a lot of them. Thank you for that soapbox moment. You're so welcome. <laughs> people need to hear it. But also I bet there are people who are like they want to get from shelters but they maybe still want a particular kind of dog and it's actually cool to know like maybe you could get your fill in the blank breed you're obsessed you can, with I promise and you don't have to buy from a breeder you don't you can always adopt they're always there waiting for you it just takes a little more effort to like do the pet finder search and yeah find your soulmate you know okay so also at the end Stax decides he's not running for mayor anymore yeah he doesn't need that he's adopting Annie mm-hmm. he's smooching Grace Wait. I do love I don't need anything but you. Right. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really fucking fun. The choreo was great. Everyone went for it. I really like seeing movie stars do choreo not on a stage because you know they're like, this is awkward. You know they feel a little weird about it. Yes. And they killed mm-hmm. it. Yes. They looked great. The end of this fucking number as well, I'm kind of living for it because this whole Cameron Diaz's character, Miss Hannigan character, being a singer who can't sing at all is so funny and so wrong that they literally gave her the last moment of the film. The song ends and she's just scatting over it. And it's not funny, but it's not her fault. This is at the parade, right? This is what we're talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, Oh, yeah, yeah, there's like an entire marching band. Yeah. I blinked it out. (laughs) And if you look in that marching band, you will find like at least 20 Broadway cameos. Oh, I thought you were going to say you were... Oh, no. (laughs) I was not a part of that. But like there's a bunch of Broadway people in it. Wow. That's fucking awesome. And like they literally finish it and I feel like it's like the chorus line like they button it and everyone's like <laughs> yes <laughs> and then they like fade to black they worked hard they did it was effortful do you know like the Cameron Diaz singing Yep. Mm-hmm. It was very J-Lo singing Let's Get Loud at the inauguration to me. Absolutely. Which I loved. <laughs> this does not belong, but I am here for it. This is campy, yeah. stupid, and everything I love. And I have to tell you, like, obviously all the vocals were layered for the movie, sure. clearly. But mm-hmm. that is the one vocal that is like <gasps> Authentic. Authentic. Mm-hmm. That is literally her in the moment. Because I we were there. Okay, I'm impressed. She literally screamed, everybody dance now, even take. Go off. I'm a Cameron Diaz stan. Yes. I love that. I think that's where we need to end the discussion of Annie on a high <laughs> note for Cameron Diaz. 
Diaz. Yeah, Cameron Diaz. For her doing that. I have nothing else to say. <laughs> I love her. I think we've done it. I think we've covered Annie. It's so awesome hearing your stories. Thank you so much for all of your animal expertise. This was very cool. Of course. It is my deep pleasure. Um, should we kill fuck Mary? We should absolutely. Let me start. Okay. You're going to give to me? Yeah, I'm going to give it to And then I'll give to you and then you give to Laura. Okay, kill fuck Mary. Okay. Bodega Lou, Stephanie Kurtzuba, and and Jamie Foxx. Okay. Definitely sleep with Jamie Foxx. Cool. You gotta. I would kill Bodega Lou. Batista. That was the name of the show on Dexter. And I would marry. Would you marry Steph Kurtzuba? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> We'd be great so together. You guys would do great cartwheels together. <laughs> okay. She'd make you laugh. Race. Ready. Kill fuck Mary. Producer Jay-Z. <laughs> <laughs> Producer Will Smith or Jamie Foxx? Wow. I gave you all hot guys. This is very generous because yes. I usually vicious. I would also sleep with Jamie Foxx and then we'd be like Eskimo brothers or what do people call that when you've slept with the same Wait, why person? why would you be Eskimo brothers? Well, that's what it's called when two boys... Oh, because I slept yeah. with him. Oh, <laughs> It would bond us. We'd be like, what was he like for you? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I would have to kill Jay-Z because I couldn't do that to Beyonce. Mm. It's not right. And I would marry Will Smith because I know Jada has a ton of fun on her own. And I feel like he would be a nice companion. All right. You know, he's a good egg. I'm going to go with, okay, fuck, marry, kill. Rihanna in her lizard snake form. Mm. It has to be the lizard tongue. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Pat Kiernan, the anchor man. Obsessed. I love him so much. And and Michael J. Fox. And Michael J. Fox. <laughs> oh my god. That's a weird trio. This is hard. Okay, I think I would fuck Lizard Rihanna. Yeah, she's beautiful. Because I'd like to thank you for this opportunity. Yeah. Like, you just have to. You have to do that. And um, I bet a lizard tongue could do things sexually that like, a normal human body couldn't do. Oh, buddy, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're gonna fuck Rihanna, Lizard Rihanna. Oh God. Oh, how do I kill Michael J. Fox? That's he's terrible. a national treasure. I'll leave. I can't. Oh, I'm okay. taking Trey with me. Okay, I will. I will marry Michael J. Fox. Yeah. And kill Pat Kiernan. Sorry, I'm sorry. It's all right. I don't even know who Patty O'Kiernan is. Patty O'Kiernan. <laughs> Patty O'Kiernan. Oh, Patty O'Kiernan. Then Patty O'Kiernan. <laughs> Oh my god, you guys, I had so much fun. Laura, do you want to tell them about your videos before we... Oh, sure! That's so nice. So, I'm an out-of-work actor, like we all are, and I've been filling the time in the pandemic when the mood strikes to make parody videos. My latest one features the amazing Mikey LaBalsamo. (laughs) We had the most fun filming it. It's called The COVID Cabana. It's about the absurdity of the dining scene right now. (laughs) Mikey plays Rico, a waiter. It's really great. It's been a wonderful creative outlet in a time where that that's like sort of hard to find right now. So thank you for right. asking me about them. Oh my God, of course. Yes, and you can watch those on the Instagram, yeah? Yep, yes, we'll put them on there. Cool, cool. You can watch them on the Instagram. Yes. You guys, this was a blast. It was. All right, can I just say one more thing? Yeah. You know, just keep chilling. Just keep chilling. <laughs> just keep chilling. Yes, queen. Love you. Queen. <laughs> 
High Flying Adored is hosted by us, Mikey and Grace. It's produced by us, Grace and Mikey. Special thanks to Andy Mowat for our kick-ass theme song. Please rate and review us on whatever platform you're streaming this on. While you're at it, please follow our Instagram, High Flying Adored. That's flying with no G. Email us at highflyingadoredpodcast at gmail.com. We love you. We love you. Thanks for listening. We love you.